Hey, y'all. Welcome to NOLA HOTS, a podcast to raise awareness about congenital heart defects and discuss resources about CHD and some other stuff. We're just two heart mamas from New Orleans doing this for heart mamas. Our dads, grandmas, aunts, friends, whoever may want to listen. That's Susan Oakland. And that's Lana Stevens. And we feel like we've got a lot to say. Welcome back for episode 10, everybody. We're glad to have you with us today. Episode 10. We made it to the double digits. Who knew? I didn't think we would. I mean, that, that's not double. good for our listeners to hear, Lana. I mean, but double digits, I feel like that's a big deal. It is a big deal. We're not deal. going to change this again until we get to the triple digits, which is going to be 100 episodes. Oh, wow. Okay. Which will happen, but... Eventually. It will. Eventually. Yeah. Sure. No, we... Uh, so we're still in April, and we're still celebrating Organ Donation So National month. Donate Life Month is Donate. Organ Donation Awareness Month, and... Um, we hope that you all enjoyed episode nine, uh, which was an interview with Lopa uh, CEO Kelly Ranham, and hope that you learned some things about organ donation. And we kind of wanted to carry that over into this next episode um, about donation and transplant. So I'm excited about our guest today. Um, I've known her for almost as long as I've been at Lopa, which is nearly 19 years, and she is a heart recipient. Um, she received a heart nearly 27 years ago. Wow. That's, that's a, amazing. That's a long time. It really and is. And she was born with a CHD, so she is a CHD transplant recipient, which um, was great because, you know, I, I don't know many CHD people who have actually needed a transplant. I feel like most of the ones I know that have gotten transplants, it was related to some other issue with mm-hmm. their heart, not necessarily their defect they were born with. So I'm yeah. interested to hear her story. I am too because... Um, after, well, I mean, 27 years post-transplant, I'm interested to hear what her life was like before transplant and after transplant. And again, I've known her for years um, because she has been a volunteer with LOPA for years. She has since uh, since moved out of Louisiana, so I don't get to get as much volunteering from her. But she and her husband have become dear friends of mine, and we follow each other on Facebook. Thank God for social media. And we get to see all the fun things that each other are doing. So we are excited to chat with Amy Kindler. Um, a nearly 27-year post-transplant heart patient. So enjoy our interview. Okay, so thank you, Amy, for joining us today. We're excited to hear your story. Um, I am looking forward to kind of hearing again all the things that I know about you, but it's been so long. Um, let's welcome Miss Amy Kindler. Hi, Amy. Hello. How are you <laughs> ladies today? We're good. And how are you? Peachy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Absolutely. So Amy, tell us a little about what was your congenital heart defect? My congenital heart defect was tricuspid atresia. I had ASD, a PDA, and then I developed uh, mitral valve prolapse as I got older. So do you need layman's terms? Sure. Yes. For layman's nurse who are not heart efficient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> layman's term is an atrial septical defect, which is a hole in between your atriums. Uh, a PDA is where your patent ductus that closes at birth. Mine never closed. They actually kept it open in order for me to survive. And the tricuspid atresia is no tricuspid valve, no um, atrium, no right atrium at all. Okay. So basically a single ventricle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Blue baby. The ASD is is one of the more fairly common yes, PhDs, yes. but you have that amongst other things. Yes. Okay. 
And I'm assuming, but I guess I shouldn't, let me ask you, were you diagnosed after birth? And if so, how long after birth? Um, It was probably six weeks. My mom kept saying she won't stop crying and she looks funny. She has a heart-shaped birthmark on her forehead that would show when I cried. And so she kept bringing me to the doctor. They thought I was failure to thrive and they brought me in Columbus, Ohio and... So at that point, they just ran some tests and was like, yeah, she's got a defect. Wow. And at six weeks, I had my first surgery. Wow. Um, I can't imagine that that fear. Like, I know, you know, we both, Susan knew about her son's defect beforehand. Um, Harley was just a day old. You remember that. And um, so that was scary because she was only a day old. But six weeks later would have really freaked me out, I think not knowing what was going on for the first six weeks, you know, I can't even imagine. No. So tell us, what was it like growing up with a CHD for you and how many surgeries did you have and how did you handle all that and everything that goes with it? Um, I had five open hearts. Um, My growing up was very limited with play, no gym, no fun stuff, no outdoor sledding or any of that because I grew up in Ohio And so we didn't get to do any of that stuff. And then I had the surgery at six weeks was a Blaylock procedure, which didn't work. And they had to go right back in when I was a baby and do a Fontan procedure to bypass missing parts. And I did well with that until I was about 16 and my dad lost his insurance, my stepdad. And so they decided to go ahead and proceed on to the next step. Even though I was doing well, we did another Fontan and well, we did the Fontan at that time. And it was, let's see, they used Dacron tubing at the time to bypass it. And um, that tubing is, I don't know if you know what it is, like a cloth. And it scarred up with scar tissue. Mm. And when I went back to my doctor saying, you know, I'm really sick. Can we do a heart cath? And the doctor said, no, let's just put you in the hospital. Let's give you medications to dilate everything. And see how it goes. And I was like, I'm just not comfortable with that. So thank God mom was with me. She started talking to doctors over at West Jeff. That's where we met Dr. King. And he did a cath. And it was the Dacron tubing that they had put in to bypass. It was closed to the size of a tip of a ballpoint. That's how much blood was getting through. Wow. And so they were like, you're not leaving. You're a ticking time bomb. You're staying here. So I got that replaced with a human homograph. So I had organ donation at that time. So I had a, I think they was, told me it was an aorta. It was so a valve. An abdominal okay. aorta. A valve replacement? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was, that was yeah. a human donor valve, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't realize that. Okay. So at that point, and everything was dandy for four years. Then my right side started giving out. I couldn't get up and walk around into the kitchen just to fix something to eat, um, to go do errands and shop and do all this stuff. It didn't happen. It was like... You make a, I didn't get it done. It didn't happen because I had no energy. I mean, I physically couldn't do it. Everything was backing up left and right side heart failure. So that was when we discovered that, you know, maybe it's time we talk. So the doctor I was seeing at the time wanted me to go to California. And so I said, he, California is not really a place I want to go because I need my family. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that's important. You need your family. Yeah. Just, I need support. We went to Oshner and I met Dr. And it was great. He, he didn't promise me the stars and the moon, but 
he did his best and here I am. This is now 26 years later. That's amazing. That is amazing. But you had quite a bumpy road to get there. Um, oh yeah. But lots I mean, of surgeries, a calf every year of my life. Wow. So there you go. Hey. She's got a calf every year of her life. <laughs> My son has Up had until one I was, year. Yeah, I, I stopped having them like the year before transplant. So tell me this, how has life changed for you since your heart transplant? Or what has it, you know, what has been so different for you since that happened nearly 27 years ago? Being able to actually get out and go hiking. Um, we moved to the mountains, so I get to go hike. I get to go see the waterfalls. All those things I used to look at and drool over as a kid. I couldn't go do. So now I get to go do all of that. I get to be a grandma to three babies and um, something I never dreamed I'd be doing. I mean, I was told I would be dead at two or before. Mm So here I am by the grace of Diana. So, yeah. Amy, if you don't mind, could you tell us about your donor hero? Who was the person who um, gave the gift of life to you through transplantation and organ donation? Her name is Diana Curtis. She is from Fort Worth, Texas. She had two children and she died of a brain aneurysm at the age of 31. Um, Her mom told me the story about how she didn't feel good that day. And she went home, took a shower and the aneurysm just exploded. Uh And she was gone that moment in the shower. And she was a registered organ donor? Um, I don't know if she was or not, but her mom said they came to her in the ER and asked her to give her one more window to look through, which was to be organ donation. And her mom said to me that she was such a caring and giving person. She would never say no. So that was why she did it. I love that. So hopefully that gave her some type of, you know, I'm glad I'm sure that by meeting you, that made her very happy to see that you were doing well too. 17 years later, but yes. Yeah. So y'all did meet 17 years later, right? That was very difficult for her to finally come to that term. I'm sure. Uh, Diana, we're very, very, very close. Um, It was her best friend. So. And you stay in touch uh, with her mom still? Yeah. I actually called her and told her I was doing this. Oh, you need to send me the video. Oh, good, good. (laughs) It'll be video. It'll be audio. Oh, okay. (laughs) I want to listen. Oh, well, I'm glad. Well, why don't you give her a shout out real quick? Hi, Miss Irene. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Tell us a little about your relationship to LOPA and Donate Life organizations and what they mean to you. Well, I don't get to do as much as I'd like to do anymore with LOPA because I'm now in North Carolina. I have still kept you busy though. You have. I mean, I do social media for her. Um, I always tell everybody, matter of fact, a friend of mine, she talks about me all the time on her Facebook page and organ donation. She mentioned she was an organ donor. And I was like, I tell everybody, thank you. When they say that, they're like, why would you say that to me? And I'm like, because someone like me someday may never get to tell you that. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. And she was just like, okay, now you're making me cry. And then I linked her to all your information. So, she could get some information and- so what, you know, going back to when you were here in Louisiana, you were, you know, you did volunteer with Lopa and what, what did that mean to you? And what were some of the things that you enjoyed doing? I liked going out and meeting the people. Um, those were the kind of things I loved doing was telling my story, making people Good. understand that we all save each other. Yeah. Well, I guarantee you, you sharing your personal story is something that definitely um, resonates with a lot of people. And so is there anything um, before we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to give a message to other CHD patients, um, adults or kids or any other CHD parents 
that are out there. Is there anything else that you would like to say that may be listening to our podcast as an adult CHD or because, you know, Susan and I often talk about how it is so it's refreshing for us. Don't you find to be able to come across a CHD patient who is an adult and who is successful and doing well, it gives us hope for our kids. And I know a lot of our listeners probably feel the same. So is there any specific message that you'd like to put out there to them? Always have faith. Good or bad will come, but always have faith that it's going to be okay and trust your gut. Trust your gut and listen to your kids. That's the best thing I see. And even those kids that as they get older, because there have been many situations I've been put in, I hadn't trusted my gut to not listen to what that doctor said and felt fun. I wouldn't be here today. I'd be dead. Yeah. Trust your gut and have faith and it will be okay. okay. And um, I have another question. Is there anything that you felt like um, helped you cope as a CHD child? You know, a lot of parents struggle with how to help their child deal with having this, you know, major going on in their life. And when you don't have it yourself, it's hard for you to relate. Yeah. You don't know how they feel. So is there anything you recommend for parents to do to help their kids since you have been there? I wish I'd have had a hobby. My mom tried and she just didn't have time because she was working. But I sit, I used to sit home all the time because, you know, I couldn't go here. I couldn't go there. Get them a hobby. Get them something they're interested in. If it's a craft or support it, support that hobby. Show them how if they make cards to sell it or, you know, any of that kind of thing. Just something that they can feel proud of themselves without having to be out running a race or doing any of that stuff. I mean, I've gotten to achieve those goals now, but you know, as a kid, you couldn't. Yeah. You just wasn't you just couldn't do it. So that brings me to another point. You've recently started your own business, right? And it's got a, a catchy little name to it. Can you tell us about it? Stampin' with a heart, because you know, I got this slightly borrowed heart and we just share sunshine with everybody. <gasps> So what, what do you make? What do you do? What do you sell? I want to know all about it. Um, I do basically like greeting cards, but I hand make every single one of them. I do all different kinds of techniques. I watercolor them. I paint them and I sell the supplies that you use to make all of those things. Nice. So I run a blog called Stampin' with a Heart. Okay. Stampin'withaheart.com. And um, that's, that's what I've done. I found that was my passion, it, you know. I love the name. Almost 50 years to find it. <laughs> oh, it's never too late. Never too late. Yeah, I love, no, I love no, the no. name. I think it's adorable. So we're going to, uh, we're going to share that on our social media, um, stampingwithheart.com so that people can check out what you're doing with this extra 27, almost years so far that you've had. I think that's yes, awesome August to give, us people can give back. So thank you. Well, thank you, Amy. We are happy that you decided to jump on with us today. Susan, do you have any more questions? No, thanks for sharing like your story. Over. It I took over. It feels good to hear from someone who was born with CHD and went through everything you went through and received a heart because I was telling Lana before we did the interview that I know a few people who have, you know, or heard of people who have needed heart transplants, but I feel like it was more not related to a CHD. Yeah. It was related to another right, issue right. that they've had. So, you know, it does give me hope because, you know, when you find out about this, you know, when my son was diagnosed with transposition, the oldest kid at the time of his surgery that had survived with that was around 24. 
And so I remember thinking, okay, well, I'll at least get him till he's in his twenties. But now, you know, the, the more you learn, you're like, okay, you know, there is hope that he's going to be a parent and a grandparent and do all kinds of things that, you know, you hope all your kids do, but when they have limitations like this, you wonder, will they ever get to that point? So thank you, Amy, so much for joining us today. We really enjoyed hearing your personal story and we're going to share some photos and some Donate Life, um, National Donate Life Month um, pictures and different things online and maybe some pictures of you volunteering in the past so that everybody can put a face with a name and we appreciate you sharing your story and we look forward to chatting with you again real soon. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for joining us today for episode 10 um, to listen to the story of a CHD patient who is also a heart transplant survivor. It's, it's great to hear other people's stories. And I I know for myself, it gives me hope, you know, for Henry's future and what could become of that. Absolutely. And just a reminder, um, thank you all again for listening to us through April being National Donate Life Month. And we want to remind everybody how important it is to register to be an organ tissue and eye donor. You can simply register either at the Office of Motor Vehicles when you get your driver's license. They'll imprint that little red heart on your driver's license. Or you can go to our website, which is donatelifela.org, and that brings you directly to the donor registry. And you can register within five minutes or so. So don't forget to do that. You can save up to nine lives and really make a difference in someone else's life. And just as a reminder, something that I learned this month through our podcast is that you can donate organs, but you can also donate for us heart parents should one of our heart warriors lose their battle to CHD. You can also donate their heart so that people can learn from their heart defect and use, you know, Use that knowledge and pay it forward to help other kids in the future. Yeah, through research. Research does a lot of things. It's what's gotten us where we are today. So we appreciate any effort in research as well. Yes. Please share your personal stories with us, whether you're a child or an adult with CHD. Please email them to nolahots at gmail.com, N-O-L-A-H-A-W-T-S, whether you would like us to interview you or you could also share it for a Lanyap episode. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Nola Hots, and you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Pandora, and now Spotify. Please share our podcast. And if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please remember to review and rate us. We love reading the reviews for what people have to say. We do. Looking forward to our next episode. Don't forget, there's no judgment here, and it's all about survival. Cheers. Cheers.